Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions. Alhamdulillah. 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 الحمد لله الذي هدانا لدين الإسلام وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله وشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت يؤتي الملك من يشاء وينزعه من يشاء بيده الخير إنه على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن محمدا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم عبد الله ورسوله أدى الأمانة وبلغ الرسالة وجاهد في الله حتى أتاه اليقين May all the praise be to Allah the one who guided us to this deen of Islam and I witness that Allah is the only God He is the only one who provides life and provides death He is the one who installs people in authority and the one who removes them away and I witness that Muhammad may the peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him and upon his descendants until the day of judgment. I witness that he had received the revelation from Allah and he had conveyed the message in the best manner a man could ever do. My khutbah today is in regard of this season of Hajj, this rukun, this pillar of Islam, the pillar that Allah devoted an entire surah for, Surah Al-Hajj, a pillar that Allah in numerous places, He mentions that what He wants to attain out of this Hajj from us is the Taqwa, where He says, ذلك, and that, whoever glorifies and gratifies and makes it great, those sha'a'ir, those places of Allah and the things that he had made sacred, فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ That is the taqwa of the hearts. In this issue of hajj, there are many views that we need to tackle. Indeed, one of them is the journey of hajj that the Muslims today, millions of Muslims, have set their paths to go towards the Bayt al-Haram, the first house that Allah has established for his worship, where he says, The first house that was ever established for the people, entire people, is the one in Mecca, which is blessed by Allah So this journey we know that millions of Muslims have directed their faces, have gone, have launched their trips, and they are on their way towards that Al-Masjid Al-Haram. That's one. But there are yet many other issues. And let's start with the notion of Hajj that Allah started with Ibrahim Let's start how Allah directed His Messenger Ibrahim where he told him in an ayah in Surah Al-Hajj, وَإِذْ جَعَلْنَا الْبَيْتَ 
وجعلنا البيت سيم بيت الله عز وجل استابلش للمكة وجعلنا البيت مثابة للناس وأمنا We have made this house the house of worship the house to which we are making Hajj today we have made it a place of retreat مثابة means a place to retreat when you lose your directions when the humanity wanders around in all types of streets, paths, methods, systems, ideas, thoughts, and they miss their road. They get balala. They don't know what is it that will secure them. What is it that provides them a safe haven? We have made this house a place of retreat. and a place of security. That's a very interesting notion about this essence, the essence of the Kaaba, the essence of Baytul Haram, the essence of the Hajj, the essence of this whole notion of the people coming back from all over the world. Muslims today coming from all over the world to that place. Allah Azza wa said, we have made this place a place of retreat. And I will dwell on that a bit. And a place of security. وَجَعَلْنَا الْبَيْتَ مَثَابَةً لِلنَّاسِ وَأَمْنَةً وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّةً Number two, Allah Azza wa Jal directed His Messenger Ibrahim and Ismail وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ أَنْ طَهِّرْ بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ والعاكفين والركع السجود In another place in the same place he says وعهدنا إلى إبراهيم وإسماعيل أن طهرا بيتي للطائفين والقائمين والعاكفين والركع السجود From one perspective this house is house number one Number two it, is, it will be used as a place of retreat and a place for looking for security and safe haven. Number three, it has to be cleansed. It has to be cleansed. You cannot go and make tawaf and make hajj. And you cannot make adhan wa'adhan fil nasi bil hajj yatuk. And later after you have cleansed the Kaaba, you have made it clean. Clean of what? Clean of all forms of shirk. Remember that Al-Baytul Haram, the place that the people of Quraysh and the people of the Arabs, they have filled that place with all types of shirk issues. They have built asnam. In fact, those asnam, those idols that they have brought from the remainders of what was at the time of Nuh alayhi salam. They brought them and they put them around the Kaaba. And one of their leaders... One of their leaders used to tell them, these idols will make you closer to Allah. وَمَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفًا Those idols, those are intermediaries, intermediaries between us and Allah Azza wa Jal. We worship them because they make us closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. That is the deception. That's the illusion. You are worshipping idols. And not only that, Those who have told you that those stones and idols make you closer to Allah Azza wa Jal, you are worshipping those too as well. 
you are worshipping those people who have authority upon you who make you believe that these type of rituals these type of things that we do around the Kaaba makes you closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. So number one, we have a house that is the house of Allah Azza wa Jal. Number two, number two, we have this place that is a retreat. That's a safe haven. Now, I said I will dwell on this. Today, if you look around, the humanity from all walks of life is looking up for something that could save them out of the miseries that they live in. What miseries? Sometimes someone would say, Oh brother, what miseries you are talking about? If you look at the poverty rate in the world, maybe you are doing well, working. But remember, there are two billion people in this world who live on a daily basis not knowing where to eat their meal. Absolutely poor. Absolutely. And there are people who are relatively poor. Relatively poor, which means their needs are not fully satisfied. But the ones who suffer from hunger and who die from malnutrition, children, people, elderly, are in billions. That's a misery. The miseries of the social system where these days, where these days, the diseases that come from the sexually transmitted diseases, the illnesses because of the greed of the ones who make the food. Now you read so many stories about food that has cancer or cancer making materials, ingredients. You spend sometimes hours on the internet trying to see which part of food I am eating that has some cancer material and you know for sure that the ones who make it, they know that there is a cancer type of ingredients. It's not out of ignorance, it's out of greed. Because those specific materials, they make the food grow better. The chicken can become a big chicken within a few days. The lambs, the sheep, the, the cattle, all of them, you give them all types of food so that they make more meat, more milk, more dairy products. But then at the end of the day, those are diseases. That's misery. The other day we were contemplating about a, a certain area where people are dying out of cancer one after another, day after day, there are so many. In Pakistan, in Bangladesh, in Jordan, in Egypt, in many other places in the world, in Latin America, in many places in the world. Now, what is the way out? People sometimes say, oh, we need democracy. No, this democracy doesn't work. I need the other type of democracy. Oh, I need capitalism. This capitalism doesn't work. I need some other type of it. Oh, I need nationalism. I need a dictator. I have a revolution. I don't know what to do after that, like in Sudan or Algeria. Or we, we, we were able to kick or to evict a president who was dictator. But what to do now? You need a retreat. You need someone, you need some place, you need a reference point. In engineering and in many places, especially many of you are in, within the university, if you don't have a reference point, sometimes they call it a benchmark. It's a benchmark to measure your activities and your things against to see what is right, what is wrong. Allah Azza wa Jal in this ayah is telling us, look, when you are wandering all directions, when you don't really know which direction you want to go, when you really want that GPS, that global, godly, godly compass, that's Al-Baytul Haram. Now, Al-Baytul Haram, not in the sense of the house and the stone, 
and the building, but in the sense that Allah Azza wa Jal revealed his messages, especially the message of Ibrahim السلام, and then the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu says, Ana da'watu Abi Ibrahim. I am the response of Allah Azza wa Jal to the dua of Ibrahim السلام, where Allah Azza wa Jal, where Ibrahim السلام, made a dua to make among his descendants someone who will guide the people. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the message of Islam, which is only continuation of the message of Ibrahim alayhi salam. In fact, Allah Azza wa Jal in a place he says about Ibrahim, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يَهُودِيًّا وَلَا نَصْرَانِيًّا وَلَكِنْ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا Ibrahim was never a Jew, was never a Christian, he's a Hanif, he's a Muslim. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Islam. So there is a retreat, when we say there is a retreat, it is the pure message of Islam. Now, going back to the cleansing. Today, today we have made, we have made a glory out of the stone itself. Whether it's the black stone or the Kaaba or the vicinity of it. But the glorification has to be for Sha'airullah. And what is Sha'air? The Sha'ira of Allah Azza wa Jal. The Sha'ira of Allah Azza wa Jal, it is that essence of worshipping Allah and only Allah. It is to make sure that the one we are going to is the one and only one God. Is the one and only one who can give commands and should be obeyed because that's what a God is. He's the one and only one, Allah Azza wa Jal, who makes rules and regulations that should be obeyed. Anything else is null and void. That's the essence of going back to Allah Azza wa Jal. Not only that, in the same surah, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Allah Azza wa Jal has hurumat. Not only stones, not only buildings, not only house, not only the movement between Safa and Marwa and going to Tawaf. There are hurumat for Allah Azza wa Jal. And to name one of them, Abdullah bin Umar narrates that I've seen the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam making Tawaf around the Kaaba. And he's pointing a finger saying, Ma'adhamaki, how sacred you are, how great. Your sacredness to Allah is absolutely great. You cannot even question that. You cannot underestimate that. However, المسلم, the Muslim, the believer, me, you, people, people who are facing persecutions today, in Syria, in Yemen, in Libya, in Arabia, in all many places in the world. Well, Muslim The Muslim is more sacred than you, than this Kaaba. Damu, his blood, Wamalu, his money, his wealth, Wa'irdu, the Ird. The art of the Muslim, which means the protectorate of the women's side, which today millions of them are fallen victims of rape. Only last few weeks, people got the memory or the anniversary 
of Srebrenica, which was in Bosnia, where more than a million kids were born out of rape. Muslims. All of these are more sacred than the Kaaba. We have become accustomed to glorify the stone as it was in the Jahiliya time. But when it comes to my blood, your blood, my money, your money. Now when I say my money, your money, sometimes you say, oh, my money is safe. I have it in a bank account. Nobody touches it. That's not the point here. The money that belongs to you few months ago, more than 500 billion dollars were given just like a gift for someone who holds pride in discrimination against Muslims and in supporting the Jewish state in Palestine to move its capital to Jerusalem. Within the same time period that we order that Jerusalem Al-Quds, which is yet the second more sacred place after the Kaaba, which is in fact, it was the first Qibla before Kaaba, and which in fact Allah Azza wa made a surah related to Al-Quds, to Al-Aqsa, in the same manner he made a surah to a Hajj, has been ordered a nation state for an occupier. And that exact entity was given your wealth, your money, the sacred money that Allah Azza wa Jal, that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his hadith said, this money, this wealth is sacred. It's more sacred than the Kaaba itself that you are going to hunch to. How many of us who have a person going to hajj? How many of us who is going to hajj today? How many of us who have gone to hajj to sometime in his past life? He remembered that the glory and the greatness of a Muslim is blood. That the blood of millions of Muslims who has been scattered in Syria by the Russians, by the Iranians, by Assad, by all factions here and there. How many of us have thought that that blood should have been glorified more than the Kaaba? We have become accustomed to the mechanics of the rituals. To the mechanics of the rituals. We have forgotten that these rituals were made to create that essence of taqwa in our hearts so we can make ta'zim for sha'airullah, for the real sha'air, for the real hurumah, so that we all as an ummah can stand up and protect the blood of a Muslim. Sometimes you say it's only one or 10 or 15 brothers. Muslim, one, one Muslim, one Muslim, one Muslim sleeping, hungry, the whole community around them, buried in the Allah. The whole community. If anyone, the hadith says, any group of people where they live within vicinity, they go to bed, one hungry, buried in the Allah. One hungry. What about millions? Sleeping hungry. What about millions dying of hunger in Yemen? And the only ones who are trying or who have the tools of continuing the war or stopping it are the non-Muslims. Are the non-Muslims. 
None of the cases, none of the issues, the vital issues, none of the vital issues in the Muslim world for the entire Muslim Ummah is in the hands of Muslims. None. Not the Palestinian case. It's not in the hands of Muslims. Not the Yemeni war today, the war in Yemen. It's not in the hands of Muslims. It's being decided by the Security Council by America or by Britain. The case in Saudi Arabia today, there are tens of Muslim scholars who are in jail waiting to be persecuted, waiting for execution, for death sentences. No, no one is calling to stop that except someone in the White House or the Congress or in 10 Downing Street. And we never know whether they are serious or not. But as an ummah, and as an ummah, we have three to four million Muslims going to Hajj. No voice would be raised there to say, stop the atrocities against our scholars and Muslims. We are busy making tawaf and making sa'i and killing our sheep in the name of Udhriya at the time when our Muslims are being killed as Udhriya for no reason that has to do with Islam. That's Hajj. That's our Hajj today. That's what the Hajj that Allah Azza wa Jal wanted. Let me stop here and I will continue the second khutbah. Alhamdulillah, may all the praise be to Allah. One notion, very interesting from Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam made two dua for Allah azza wa jalla. One dua, he asked Allah azza wa jalla when Allah azza wa jalla says about him that he made Ibrahim alayhi salam imam, and he said, وَمُنْ ذُرِّيَّتِ I want from my own ذُرِّيَّة descendants to be also imam. Allah Azza wa told them no. لا ينال عهد الظالمين because your ذريه some of them will be ذريه means descendants. Some of them will be oppressors. I will not give oppressors and those who deny Allah Azza wa as a lord, as a god they will not take my covenant. لا ينال عهد الظالمين Then Ibrahim alayhi salam made another dua. When Allah Azza wa when he Ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make this house He says, make this house amin, amin secure And give the people who live within the vicinity, give them risk But then Ibrahim salam remembered what Allah Azza wa Jal told them in the first dua That don't make the dua so that covers everybody then Ibrahim salam says, Man amana minhum billahi wal yawm Only for those who believe in Allah and al yawm This is how humble and respectful Ibrahim salam to the deeds. But then Allah in this case, he says, No, this, this part of dua, it will cover everybody. Allah qala, وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا And even if someone from your descendants he goes against Allah Azza wa Jal, he will eat and he will have the risk, don't worry. But on the day of judgment, I will take care of him. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this, never think 
never allow anyone to induce in my mind and your mind that the fact that there is abundance of risk, abundance of wealth, oil, gas, etc. within the vicinity of Mecca and the Bayt al-Haram, that's a sign, that's a sign of being a good entity accepted by Allah Azza wa Not necessarily. And this is the notion in the ayah where Allah Azza wa says, everybody within the vicinity will get his share. That is not subject to be a good or bad believer or disbeliever. Lastly, brothers, just ponder, just ponder. Within nine days from now, when the, or eight days, when the people stand on Arafah, when all the hajjid stand in the same place, all the hajjid will be collected. The number can exceed three to four million, depending how you count them. People from inside, from outside. All of them would be raising their hands in one time, at one time, with one roaring voice to Allah Azza wa requesting, asking Allah Azza wa for victory, for support, for unity, for good life. You name and this has been going on for so many, many years. Have we ever wondered why these calls are not answered? What's the problem? Are we not serious in our dua? Subhanallah, we are. My father, your father, your son, your daughter, those who go to Hajj. Very honest, very serious, very devout. But then there is a caveat. The dua for Allah Azza wa Jal to be answered, you must have opened your own front for that dua. You cannot ask for victory for a war that you are not launching. You cannot ask for a victory for a liberation of Palestine when there is no attempt to liberate it. The Prophet did not do that. So the issue here that sometimes I wonder, you wonder, anyone would say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of us, three, four, five million people making dua one at one time with all glory, glorified voice. What's going on? Friends, when we ask for the relief from poverty, we have not established a system, we have not even tried to establish a system that removes poverty. An economic system based on Islam, we all have indulged in a capitalistic system and you ask Allah to remove poverty based on a system that generates poverty at least at least have the system of zakah implemented as a system not as individualistic basis at least have the rules and the laws that have to do with the ownership and the property that belongs to Allah and to the people not to be in the hands of individuals and corrupt people when the oil and gas are in the hands of, of individuals, some of them are corrupt, maybe not all, but those have to be, had to be, a property of the Muslims. You have not done that. And then you're asking Allah Azza wa to feed all the poor. Allah Azza wa in fact, does not send food directly to the people. He sends it to you. He sends a system, a rule and law, and gives you the money and say, now there is a zakah in your money, you have to give it. Now there is something you have to do in order to 
to build a system that doesn't have poverty. So all of these du'as that we are doing, until and unless we are part of the deed of that du'a, don't expect that to be answered, especially the ones that had to do with life. Now the ones that had to do with maghfirah, this is, belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal. The Jannah and Jahannam belong to Allah Azza wa Jal. He sends whoever he decides based on his justice and his knowledge wherever he wants. And he listens to whomever he wants. That's beyond our story. But for the, the things that we live in, the things that we see in our daily life, those require your effort as much as your dua. The dua alone does not do it, whether it's on Hajj or in Laylatul Qadr or in any other places. And we will still make the dua for Allah because we believe that we are indulged in the work that Allah wants. Allahumma inni as'aluka fi hadha al-yawm al-azim an la tad'ana nadhaban illa ghafarta wa la sayyi'atan illa mahawtaha wa la khati'atan illa wadataha ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma aghfir lana al-dhunub al-lati tahtiku al-isam. Allahumma aghfir lana al-dhunub al-lati tubaddilu al-ni'am. اللهم اغفر لنا الذنوب التي تجلب النقم اللهم اغفر لنا الذنوب التي تحبس الدعاء اللهم اغفر لنا الذنوب التي تقطع الرجاء اللهم اغفر لنا الذنوب التي تنزل البلاء اللهم انصرنا يا رب العالمين للإسلام اللهم ووحد كلمتنا على الحق وعلى الإسلام يا رب العالمين ومن ابتغى النصر عند غيرك وبغير الإسلام فأنت أعلم به يا رب العالمين منا اللهم يا رب العالمين اغفر لوالدينا ولوالد والد والدينا ولمن له حق علينا يا رب العالمين وللمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات وصل اللهم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت وسلمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد وأقم الصلاة Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in